I am Thomas Solomon, and you are listening to the VO2 Podcast. When I first moved to Denmark, the late and great Bengt Sultin told me all about the exercise studies he did on racing camels in the Middle East. Since that day, my love for comparative physiology blossomed. There are five animals that amaze me. Horses, the power monsters, cheetahs, speed machines, geese, high altitude endurance beasts, bears, hibernating muscle maintaining experts, and dogs, fatigue resisting marvels. Today, I will bark lyrical about our canine friends. We all love to watch and admire finely honed world-class athletes unleashing the beast. Their high VO2 max values, high running economies and high level of fatigue resistance are astounding. Us humans, while we sit on our evolutionary thrones, might think we're the dog's bollocks when it comes to sporting performance. But, in reality, we suck. Our earthly brethren outperform us in many ways. We are lucky they did not evolve complex speech patterns and fire-making skills. To start to undermine our misplaced, self-endowed excellence, let's get back to those dog's bollocks. We've all seen people run with their dogs. I was fortunate to grow up in a household where I did all my long runs with my dad and our Labrador Red Setter hybrid, Ben. On our loop through the forests and trails, our four-pawed friend would cover twice our distance in an intermittent sprinting game of ooh, a piece of candy, ooh, a squirrel, ooh, a deer, woof. At the end of the run, my dad and I would be ruined. Ben would still be chasing cars and harassing anything that moved until he overheated and needed to lie down. Ben was the canine version of Universal Soldier. A few years ago, I was introduced to the world of Canicross by a former coached athlete of mine. Canicross is a speed fest where humans lash themselves onto their mutts of varying brands and are dragged around the trails at six-legged speeds. The current 5km world record surpasses that of Cheptegei's 5,000m world record. They fly. Canicross seeds all breeds of dogs, unleashing their thing. But, then, there is the sled-pulling world of Malamutes and Huskies. Malamutes and Huskies are related but distinct breeds, and they are the athletic elite of the mammalian world. The Alaskan Husky seems to be the breed of choice for nurturing a sled-pulling champion. If I am ever to own a dog, it would definitely be one of these bitches. They are beautiful. Selectively bred for endurance, and willingness, yep, not all of them want to run. These bad boys are seriously fit. I always love teaching medical students and exercise science undergrads about the comparative physiology of work capacity. In doing so, I usually start by giving them the opportunity to select between fine specimens to answer the simple question, who has the highest relative VO2 max? Bjorn Daly? the legendary multi-world champion and Olympic gold medal winning cross-country skier, Elliot Kipchoge, one of the greatest male endurance runners of all time, world champion from 5,000 metres through to the marathon and the first human to run under two hours for the marathon, Chris Foom, salbutamol king of the mountains and multiple Tour de France and Giro d'Italia winning cyclist, rule the world, 
Not the Beyoncé song, but a thoroughbred racehorse who won the 2016 Grand National. Or Sultana, the sled-pulling, Rod racing Alaskan Malamute. The consensus answer is always wrong. Some choose the horse, but the vast majority of students choose the cross-country skier. Seldom do student picks the sled dog. Sled dogs are epic. Comparative physiology. Dogs go woof. Sled dogs have been essential for human survival in polar regions for many moons, used by native Eskimo and polar explorers. Sled dogs are also used for recreation and racing. In the 1950s, physiological data began to emerge. 70 years on, we have a true appreciation and understanding of their phenomenal capacity for work output. During the Edita Rod race in Alaska, a 1,600km multi-day event, these biological machines can sustain speeds of up to 16km per hour for up to 6 to 8 hours per day while pulling a sled. Dogs have a superior maximal aerobic capacity and speed. Sled dogs' VO2 max values have been recorded in excess of 200 mils per kilo per minute. Elliot Kipchoge's is somewhere in the region of 70 to 80. This is one of the many reasons sled dogs can literally run all day through snow and in icy winds, pulling a heavy load. A 2007 study showed that endurance training increased a sled dog's VO2 max by about 10% and their speed at VO2 max by about 21%. But more impressive is their pre-training physiology. Untrained dogs had an average VO2 max of 180 mils per kilo per minute and when they were running at their VO2 max were moving at a high rate of 6.7 meters per second. That's 230 per kilometer, the same pace that Chapter Guy ran when he laid down his 1235 5000 meter world record. Following the nine weeks of training, on average, these dogs were then galloping at 8.2 meters per second when they reached their VO2 max. That's about two minutes per K, equivalent to a 48 second 400 meters, a little bit faster than David Rudisha ran when he broke the 800 meter world record. Other studies have delved into the Alaskan Husky mitochondria, the muscle's energy producing apparatus, showing that they have some of the highest oxygen guzzling capacities ever recorded in mammalian muscle, on top of unique mitochondrial adaptations that allow them to maintain a high fraction of their maximal capacity over long distances. Dogs can synthesize lots of new glucose during exercise. Sled dogs' ability to give it large for up to eight hours in one push indicates that they probably have high fat oxidation rates and rely on fat as a fuel to keep propelling their antics. This was indeed the hypothesis of one group who studied the dogs at the Adita Rod race, but what they found was to the contrary. In 2015, Miller and colleagues showed that while Alaskan Huskies do indeed burn a lot of fat during exercise, participation in the race increased their rate of carbohydrate oxidation while also increasing their ability to use lactate as a fuel during exercise, quite similar to what happens in highly trained humans. But they found that to allow such high rates of carb burning during exercise, 
these dogs had a remarkable adaptation that allowed them to maintain normal blood glucose. The liver took up large amounts of glycerol from the blood to produce new glucose, gluconeogenesis. Unlike us humans, who have relatively minuscule capacity for gluconeogenesis and maintaining blood glucose during prolonged high-intensity work. So, sled dogs can give it large for hours by burning large amounts of glucose to produce energy in their muscles, while maintaining blood glucose using circulating fat breakdown products. Accordingly, training causes metabolic adaptations that improve sled dogs' muscles' use of carbohydrates as a fuel, allowing maximal glucose oxidation rates to be achieved. This means that when sled dogs give it large, moving at high speeds for up to eight hours in one single push, they are also sustaining a very high fraction of their maximal aerobic capacity, much like the best human endurance athletes. Dogs rapidly resynthesize muscle glycogen after exercise, even without eating carbohydrate. Just like us humans, dogs need to replenish their muscle glycogen after long, hard efforts, and providing carbohydrates in their food helps them do so. While post-exercise carb ingestion expectedly increases muscle glycogen resynthesis to rapidly restore pre-exercise glycogen levels, it is remarkable that sled dogs can resynthesize nearly 40% of their muscle glycogen during the 24-hour period after exercise when receiving nothing but water. Humans cannot do this. Even when gunning for up to 160 kilometers per day for several consecutive days, Alaskan Husky sled dogs have an incredible ability to maintain muscle glycogen. It is very challenging for humans to maintain muscle glycogen in this way during a multi-day ultra-distance event. Dogs, on the other hand, no sweat. Dogs eat a lot of calories, a high-fat diet that contains a lot of carbs. Sled dogs typically consume a high-fat diet, about 50% of calories coming from fat, with about 30% coming from protein and less than 20% of calories coming from carbohydrate. So, it is easy to assume that dogs are low-carb, or perhaps even keto. Alas, they are not. Daily energy intake of an exercising sled dog is estimated to be in the range of 4,000 to 11,000 kilocalories per day. On average, during an endurance race, they take on about 8,000 calories each day. Which means that, with 20% of energy coming from carbohydrate, they eat about 400 grams of carbohydrate per day. In a 25 kilo dog, that is about 16 grams per kilo body mass. For us humans to maintain a high carbohydrate availability during a period of highly intense training, it is recommended to eat 10 to 12 grams per kilo per day. The high fat content in a sled dog's diet helps them maintain high muscle triglyceride levels while also helping them spare glycogen during intense exercise. The very same thing happens in fat-munching humans, except that we lose our high-end speed. But, unlike humans, switching a sled dog to a high-carb diet doesn't influence their muscle glycogen level. Again, dogs have a remarkable capacity to resynthesize glycogen even with low carbohydrate intake. Woof! Dogs adapt rapidly to exercise. 
a very cool study that followed 48 Alaskan sled dogs running 140 kilometers for four consecutive days found that muscle glycogen and muscle triglycerides were depleted during each run. But by the fourth day, muscle glycogen use during exercise was close to zero. Humans do not adapt like this. Sled dogs also need a high daily protein intake to support the needs of muscle protein synthesis for repair, growth and adaptations, just like us. However, muscle protein synthesis rates are much higher in sled dogs than in humans, and the rate of mitochondrial protein turnover is super high in Alaskan huskies. This allows them to rapidly adapt to environmental extremes and large training or racing stimuli. But this greater turnover of muscle protein also means that sled dogs' need for daily protein intake is also higher than it is in humans. This is supported by their high meat or protein intake of around 30% of daily calories, which, when racing with a daily intake of around 8,000 calories, is equivalent to around 600 grams of protein each day, or about 24 grams per kilo body weight in a 25 kilogram sled dog. Compare this to us humans, in whom a daily protein intake of 1.2 to 2 grams per day is sufficient to support muscle protein synthesis and other bodily protein needs, a far lower relative protein intake to support our far lower protein turnover rate when co compared to a highly active sled dog. So, dogs truly are fatigue-resisting marvels. You will never outperform your dog. Sled dogs, in particular, have superior physiology, enhanced adaptations to exercise, and clever mechanisms for preventing hypoglycemia, low blood glucose, during prolonged high-intensity exercise. So, the next time your Santa's little helper chews up one of your running shoes, she is probably giving you a clue. Take her out for a daily spin. Your dog is for life, not just for Christmas. Have a good one, folks. I occasionally mention brands and products, but it is important to know that I am not sponsored by or receiving advertisement royalties from anyone. I have conducted biomedical research for which I have received research money from publicly funded national research councils and medical charities, and also from private companies including Novo Nordisk Foundation, AstraZeneca, Amelin, the AP Muller Foundation and the Augustinus Foundation. These companies had no control over the research design, data analysis or publication outcomes of my work. Any recommendations I make are, and always will be, based on my own views and opinions shaped by the evidence available. The information I provide is not medical advice. Before making any changes to your habits of daily living based on any information I provide, always ensure it is safe for you to do so and consult your doctor if you are ever unsure.